It's August 20th, 1994, and Basket Case by Green Day is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Chart. Hello, and welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Al. I'm Trav. I am Quillen, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about Basket Case, the second single from Green Day's hit album, Dookie. Basket Case is our second Green Day number one, and it spent five weeks at the top of the Modern Rock chart. Here's a clip. Sometimes I give myself the creeps. Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me. It all keeps setting up. I think I'm cracking up. Am I just paranoid? Am I just up? I went to a shrink. So Billy Joe Armstrong says this is a song about struggles with anxiety. That's a topic that hits home with me. And I guess he was diagnosed with a panic disorder a little bit after the song was released. So this gave me the thought, it seems like 90s alternative radio must have contained the most frank discussion of mental health of any time in pop music before. Agree or disagree? I think I agree in terms of like songs that are on the radio, uh, but I feel like it's talked about now more than ever. But because everything is so splintered, it's hard to kind of feel, get like a universal feel for that. You mean things are splintered like um, genre is yeah. so splintered? I mean, nobody listens to the same stuff. Everybody has their own sort of like thing that they're listening to on streaming services, whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's not like everybody hears Basket Case on the radio and that's like the one sort of song that represents this. It's, I I don't know. I guess I can't think of an example um, from like modern day radio that would, 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 represent that but um there's a song that's there gonna take my anxiety to the old town road (laughs) great song Uh love it (laughs) (laughs) i mean substance abuse is certainly well covered in the annals of rock music yeah And The Cure and Tears for Fears and Depeche Mode have made it clear that uh, gloominess and depression have their place on the airwaves. But it does seem like bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden and Nine Inch Nails, and I'll even begrudgingly say Blink-182, because they had Adam's song, Mm -hmm. are confronting depression and anxiety a little more explicitly than artists of the 60s, 70s, or 80s. Did you all have any songs about mental health issues that 
you uh, were drawn to during this time period? Um, I think uh, the things that kind of jumped out to me um, when I, th- I just thought about it off the top of my head. I didn't do too much digging or anything, but uh, today by the Smashing Pumpkins mm-hmm. um, kind of stood out. Um, Nutshell by Alice in Chains, um, which doesn't, I guess, isn't like explicit about it, but still has that vibe. Um, my friends by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which we'll cover yeah, in a okay. few weeks. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, uh, Misery by Soul Asylum, which sure. is kind of a cynical um, take on it and like the commodification of it and everything, but I think it's still pretty cool, a pretty cool idea. Uh, Fell on Black Days by Soundgarden. Yeah. Uh, is a good example, too. I was looking around at, uh, I, I did some internet research on songs about mental health from the 90s and i got a new appreciation for everything hurts by rem by thinking of it as a song about depression <laughs> and uh and suicide i had always thought of it just as, as a song about blandly like everything will be okay i know you know sometimes people feel bad but uh i gotta say al uh everything hurts sounds way worse than everybody hurts <laughs> 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 sorry Give me, give me a, give me a break. I just had to restart my computer. <laughs> Everything um, hurts. Can you imagine that song? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there should be a song called "Everything Hurts." Probably. I can't think. There is, is a song, uh, a great song by Real Big Fish called "Everything Sucks." Mm. Uh huh. Did you say that was a great song? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Um, I used to think I was. There's a great song called "Everything to Everyone." It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Too. That is that is true. <laughs> There's also a great song called "Everything Zen." Um, <laughs> Chad, right. did you have any other <laughs> mental health songs you were going to talk about? Yeah. So. There's a song by a band called Kay's Choice uh, called Not an Addict, which is very dramatic. And um, I don't know that there's much to say beyond the title. I mean, it's just sort of this, um, you know, a a plea from somebody who's struggling. And um, that sort of uh, came to mind as, um, you know, a mental health substance abuse sort of song that was very prominent, at least when I think of that theme in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, how successful is this as a song about anxiety? I don't know that I think of it as an anxiety song. I think it's, I think it's a really, uh, like it's, I mean, the opening lines are, are incredible in their effectiveness. Like everybody knows the opening lines. They've become practically a meme, right? There's the whole thing with like uh, the picture of Kurt Cobain and it says, do you have the time to listen to me whine? I think that's very funny Um, because that's sort of everyone's perception of him. But um, I don't really think of Basket Case as a song about anxiety. Um, It's a fine song. And Mm -hmm. um, I guess, uh, you know, it's just sort of like, you know, the singer saying, oh, I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm out there, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I always heard this as primarily as most of the main parts of the lyrics as comical. 
is the search mm -hmm. for answers just in general. The whole, am I just paranoid or am I just stoned? You know, he's concerned that lack of sex is his problem. And it's kind of like a wide ranging search for answers that doesn't seem particularly nuanced or based in real life. Did you always know that he was saying, uh, am I just paranoid or am I just stoned? No, I thought he was saying, am I just paranoid? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Same. I thought it was uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like someone maybe trying to justify the significance of an otherwise sort of silly song. For, for Billy Corgan to say that it's about his anxiety problem. Billy maybe, Joel yeah. Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy Joel is a master of musical disguises, so I would not be surprised. To <laughs> Stranger himself. Song. <laughs> um, I remember always hearing the line, uh, I went to a whore, he said my life's a bore, as being like kind of mind-blowing when I was a kid, thinking like, what, what's this all about? What's mm -hmm. going on here? Um, and I didn't know, I didn't know anything. First of all, because I was probably, you know, 1994, I'm 12 years old. I don't know what's going on. But um, I tried to do a little bit of research about like what, you know, I guess all, the whole song. But like one of the things that came up, I found on the Genius page for this song was that um, uh, Billy Joe had like sort of explained um, the pronoun usage as like an explanation for coming out as being bisexual, which mm -hmm. is something that I had no idea about. Like yeah. this is not, I mean, even to this day, this was something that was sort of enlightening to me. This is again, according to the genius page. And so I don't mm -hmm. know, you know, but it was, it was a conversation that he had in an interview with the advocate in uh, January, 1995. And he just mentioned some like very like enlightened sort of like really beautiful things about like not limiting yourself about who who you love or who you care about and um that was uh that was a surprise for me i didn't know that that was ever um on the radar huh songmeanings.com didn't really offer anything new but it was interesting to see that most of the comments were a passionate debate about whether green day are punk or not been there, done that. Yeah, we already had that conversation, and I think we all agree it's a little bit of a silly, silly combo. Mm -hmm. The chords to this song are essentially Puckle Bell's Canon. Yeah, yeah, I read that and immediately was like, oh, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I, I never thought that before, but I don't know why, because it's pretty obvious. I yeah. definitely did. There are like multiple examples around this time period of songs from this genre, actually. Mostly. Vitamin, vitamin um, C. Vitamin yes. C. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not this um, genre. But. I have a list of what? One, two, three, four, four and a half, if you want to count one that samples Canon and D. Um, yeah. Al, oh. did you have any, uh, any ideas about songs that, that use it? Songs that use the Puckle Bell Canon chords. I know that it's going to kill me when, when you say them. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I, I, I can't think of something in particular. Uh, Don't Look Back in Anchor. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 
um, sucked out by super drag. Oh, really? Oh, huh. The verse. The verse. Oh, shit. yes. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hook by Blues Traveler. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And yeah. see you when you get there by Coolio. Which okay. Now that literally that's just samples it. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know how much we can count that, but those were the ones that came to mind with me, and I, uh, I was really, um, really interested in that and excited by that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there are other examples. That wasn't a comprehensive list, but um. Something that I found that was interesting uh, in my research about uh, Basket Case, um, the uh, original pressing of the single um, featured one of the B-sides was a cover of Tired of Waiting for You by oh, the Kinks. Huh. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Uh, I Very to faithful. It. It's, it's on, yeah, super faithful. Um, it's on, uh, there is like a, uh, you know, an odds and sods, besides kind of collection on spotify mm-hmm. um, called shenanigans right yeah yep yeah yep. and uh it's that's how i listen to it and it yeah it's pretty sweet i mean i tired of waiting for you is like one of the first songs that i remember loving um when i was like super young like huh. k- kindergarten hmm. or earlier than that like i my parents before unfortunately getting obsessed with contemporary christian music um listen to oldies radio all the time and i just heard that song a lot growing up um when i was really young and i always love that song it's still one of my favorite kink songs honestly and um yeah it was a cool like travis said pretty faithful um cover of it uh maybe a little bit punked up um but good really good uh the drum the drumming on it trey trey cool uh does the drum part pretty like spot on um very faithfully but yeah i'm a big stuff. fan cool. of the kinks so that's yeah that's cool i'll check that out i just wanted to give a quick thumbs up to thoughts on pod all-star mike jernt for mm-hmm. the little touches <laughs> that he puts on this song they're great mm-hmm. it's a good, great bassist yeah yep uh, I would also just briefly like to endorse the 1982 film Basket Case, in which a man carries around his deformed homicidal brother in a basket, and uh, and his brother comes out of the basket and kills people. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, his brother's name is Beguile. It's, that sounds great. It's pretty, sounds good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that sounds, sounds awesome. Is that what the song is about? No, I don't think there's any relation. Mm. too bad too bad music video is a good literal interpretation of the song yeah i suppose so um did you happen to read that it was filmed in black and white originally and then um they added color uh, Uh, dirt dirt the all-star added color himself yeah apparently that is why okay that makes sense to me i yeah i was like uh the colors are so like saturated and bright and yeah. yeah that makes sense uh, yeah and it, it looks a little fake uh-huh. um yeah that totally that makes so much sense it, it, curious that you'd say it looks fake though because it was filmed in an actual abandoned mental hospital oh i just meant the coloration oh, okay of okay. it was like super fake looking yeah it was yeah. filmed in an actual abandoned mental hospital mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, i watched a really awkward interview with 
with Billy Joe. I did not know that he was that uncomfortable in front of the camera, but he mm. really, you know, it's on 120 minutes or something like that. And uh, he looks like he's in pain talking mm. about the music and shooting the music video. Um, he says that they found molds of people's teeth in the mm. uh, mental hospital that they took home and used as ashtrays. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yep. That's all I got for the video. <laughs> uh, uh, it was directed by Mark Kaur, who directed uh, the Just a Girl video by No Doubt, and oh. Dope Man by Less Than Jake. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, Dope Man, Dope Man. I forgot uh, about Less Than Jake. Not me. Trey, Trey playing drums in a wheelchair. Pretty cool. That is a cool move. Trey cool. I, so I saw actually like... <laughs> the videos or the the music video is fine whatever there's a a few live videos of green day from this period that are excellent oh really um, yes um there so one of the more prominent things well first of all there's there's the Woodstock 94 video mm, their performance the mud, at the, at Woodstock 94 right? yes yeah. which is very cool that that's on YouTube um and they're playing everything at like a perfect live speed they're just really you know going hard and um there's a mudslinging thing and it's mm -hmm. it's great um there's another performance called jaded in chicago uh from 1994 that was an mtv special i think and it was just a live set and really good um but then there was also like Apparently, they played the set in Boston in September 1994, uh, and yeah. there was like a basically a. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I just yawned. That was just a yawn. September 1994, a, Boston. a riot. Yeah, there was a riot in Boston um, at at one of their shows. They played a free show at this place called uh, the Esplanade. Um, and there was a, a venue called the Hatch Shell, and 50,000 people showed up. And uh, the band starts playing, and everybody goes nuts. And there's like, you know, whatever, 40 or 50 cops or, you know, security people. And, you know, they had to stop playing after 30 minutes. Jeez. So, um, you know, there's a bit of pushback from that. And so there were like three great videos about this particular um, incident. One is like the local news station called WFNX. There's one from Hype TV and one from the television show Real Stories of the Highway Patrol, <laughs> which was like a pre-cops um, mm. show. And it, it sort of uh, takes a look at things from the cops perspective, <laughs> oh, if cool. you're interested in that. Uh, my yawn was not out of boredom. It was uh, a legit 11 p.m. at night <laughs> yawn. That's all. Sorry. I would also way. just add, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm right about the name I'm about to say. Um, this is from the pre-cops era. There are a lot of uh, C and Cake albums from the pre-cops era, too. <laughs> yes. Nice. Okay. This Sam well, pre cops. I remember well the name. Well done, good. Al. All right. Thank you.
So we decided that for the album segment, since we've already talked about Dookie, we would go forward in time and we would talk about the album Insomniac, which is the follow-up to Dookie. And then when we talk about uh, When I Come Around, the final number one single from Dookie, we would talk about Nimrod. So we could get a little little survey of Green Day albums in. I had Mm. never listened to this album before. Same. Wow. Wow. Same. Never all the way through. Never. Okay. I I don't think I'd ever heard anything aside from Brain Stew. Honestly. For some and reason, I thought Jada. that Insomniac was like an incesticide type thing. I thought it was like a uh, random rarities to cash in on uh, like on new success, success kind yeah. of kind yeah, of thing. Success, yeah. Not that yeah, I maybe... dislike incesticide. I like incesticide quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was just because it was uh, the much less popular follow-up to you know the the breakthrough mm-hmm. sort of uh album and the turnaround time was super quick yeah yeah, yeah. it was like a year or you know like just over a year right pretty much yeah. yeah i got a little bit of the rain effect from listening to it though oh, oh boy yeah i really enjoyed it not all of it it, it wasn't all gold but um Listening to the first three songs, at least, I was, like, really amped. I was really enjoying it. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, uh, um, Insomniac is my favorite Green Day album. And, um... Really? I, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was, um... Wow, and, and going back that. and kind of spending some time with it, um, in preparation for this discussion, it was, uh, it was pretty clear that, like, for me, at least, the first half, I feel like it just rules, like, nonstop. Like, every song is awesome. And then at some point, um, you know, so I guess I should say overall, it's 14 songs and 32 mm. minutes and 54 seconds. Mm. And somehow that feels a little long. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, and I wondered if, you know, if thinking back at the time, like... Now you can kind of talk about albums in a way where like they can be 20 minutes and that's Mm -hmm. fine. And nobody raises an eyebrow or anything, but maybe, you know, maybe 20, 25 years ago, the label might be concerned about perceptions of ripping people off, Mm -hmm. not giving them enough, um, uh, enough songs or enough time for what they purchase for their $17. Yeah. Right, right. So I think the general sort of expectations have changed over time. Um, But yeah, if they could have cut out like two or three songs, it would really be impactful. I thought um, I thought 86 gets a little bit repetitive, um, especially for like a two and a half minute song. Um, And then it goes into Panic Song with this really long intro. Um, That intro is very cool, though. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And yeah, and I guess there's something to be said for just kind of bringing things down after having like, you know, six or seven songs that are just like, you know, going, uh, going pretty hard um, yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, yeah, re-listening to it, the best songs, um, uh, Babs Uvaluhu, uh <laughs> excellent. Um, I really like Geek Stink Breath. I thought that was a really cool first single for the album. I remember that being a big deal when it was released and pushed a ton on MTV. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't remember I, that I, at I, all. 
Yeah, I read that MTV Green Day had trouble getting MTV airplay for that song because the video is just a meth addict getting their teeth removed, and it was gross and uh, that it didn't didn't really hit home with people. Yeah, I think it was really gnarly, and it was um, it was an odd choice for a first single for sure. Um, but I like. To me, it, it sort of grabbed me as being something different, sort of outside the box of what you would expect from a Green Day single. Um, but yeah, I remember that first week, it just being kind of like unavoidable. Um, yeah, the singles. I mean, Walking Contradiction is awesome. And uh, my favorite song is Jaded. Jaded was uh, mind-blowing to me. Um, that was probably the first like real true... like. Uh, super fast punk rock song mm-hmm. that I'd ever heard in my life. Later covered by still... Aerosmith, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a different jaded. Uh, equally punk rock, but uh, not not the one we're talking about here. Um, this jaded song is uh, is awesome. It's like a minute long and just like flies through. You know, three chord punk song, and uh, man really great um, I, I did calculate the average song length and it was two minutes 19 seconds which i think is great that is something yeah, that i really cool. appreciate my favorite was brat on the first listen but i did only listen once hmm. Hmm. i only listened to the album once and i didn't care for most of it um uh yeah geeks take breath is awesome um i love the way it comes in and the way it ends um, especially, um, I never cared for brain stew. Um, jaded is cool. Um, nothing else was memorable on the least for me. I don't know. I, I like fully expected to really like it. So I was a, a bit disappointed that I didn't really care for it much. When I was um, kind of sorting through my memories of brain stew, um, I felt a little disoriented cause you know, when you're listening to it on the record, it's got the riff that goes, you know, dun it, dun it, dun it, yeah, dun it, yeah, dun it. And there's yeah. like, they did like a slightly later, they did like a slightly different version later, uh huh, where they uh, changed, they the did, riff, they changed the riff a little bit, yeah, yeah. and it goes, dun it, dun it, dun it, yeah, dun it, dun it, dun it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> there, there, there wasn't the roar in between each uh, guitar hit. I don't think so. Oh, That's like pretty that. good. That's a pretty good cover. Uh, I uh, the the best thing about this album for me is the um album art. The cover is cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. I really like the album cover. It's really cool looking. I thought um, one of the things that came to mind when I listened to Brain Stew, um, which I never need to hear again as long as I live, is that it was sort of like a proto uh, Seven Nation Army. It's like almost like an anthem, like a sports anthem. Yeah. Yeah. There is a particular chord change that I strongly dislike that both Seven Nation Army and this have in common, which is the. any any form that that goes in i generally dislike it yeah hmm 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other songs that it's in, but uh, Rock Lobster. Um. Oh, isn't there a Zeppelin song too? Hitch and a Ride is like that, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not cool. Oh, see, I liked, I liked it in that song. I liked that song when I was, when that single first first came out. I was thinking of "Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You" by Led Zeppelin. Oh, I like that song. Oh. Well, me, I guess. Take a look elsewhere on the charts, please. Yes. All right. So this might be a little bit of a deep dive here. Um, on the mainstream rock chart, we are hitting. While this is number one, let's see. Uh, let me remind myself. This was number one for five weeks. In that time. We have two different Stone Temple Pilots mainstream rock number ones. The first one is Vaseline. Yeah, jam. Eh. What? What? Vaseline's good? Vaseline yeah. is the best. Get Vaseline out of here. Vaseline is the best song that we've discussed on this podcast so far. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's better? What's better than Vaseline? Um, uh, wait, hold on. Horse? Of- of the right of the like main focus songs or like any song mentioned uh, any song mentioned oh shit i don't know not an addict by k's choice <laughs> oh come on horse by live all i want by toad the wet sprocket come out and um, pray really? by I, I, yeah no that doesn't <laughs> just kidding <laughs> vaseline does not register for me i love vaseline vaseline oh rules. really yeah no, go, please, proceed. Vaseline was the first uh, STP song that I got into. Uh, rhythmically, super disorienting. Um, yes, it's a, it's got polyrhythms. You can imagine, yeah. you can easily imagine Tom York dancing to Vaseline by the Stunt. Yeah, the sure, sure, sure. I, I don't think that, I mean, when I was a kid, so like I think I was in like maybe fifth grade, um, you know, I, I don't know that I picked up on how crazy the rhythms were, but now I do. And it's, yeah, it's insane. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Good melodies. Uh, I like the guitar solo. Um, yeah. Rhythm section. Al, the rhythm kills. is great. The yeah. chords are fascinating. On the verse, it's obviously very basic. The chords are very basic. Um Yeah. The bridge is nuts. The bridge is eerie and goes into a really great guitar solo. I agree. Yeah. There's the faint acoustic guitar that's totally awesome. Yeah, I need to revisit uh, because I don't recall that. I, I want to. The, the vocal harmonies pin, are really that. good. Um, mm-hmm. It's the first song we've talked about that's like really sharp rhythmically. And it's yeah. also an extremely efficient song. There is not a second wasted in that song. Is it like 245-ish? It's, it's short. It's a 256. Hmm. I, it's my favorite song on Purple by Stone Temple Pilots for oh, sure. Wow. 
Um, I don't. Uh, I don't share those sentiments. And I, it's up there. I, the the Radiohead thing. I mean, this is like, this is airbag before airbag was airbag. Mm. That, no, this is great. I really, I'm really glad. Um, like. I, I guess I didn't have strong feelings about it, but I've always been kind of dismissive about Vaseline. And I guess this is like kind of what I would ever hope to get out of these conversations mm-hmm. is to hear like why a song that I've sort of overlooked. Like I, I was, I thought it was like sort of similar to like the core songs, like, uh, like wicked garden and dead and bloated and just being like, Oh, you know, it's a, one of the early butt rock songs. Huh. So I guess I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, giving it an honest reassessment. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. Travis, it rules. Okay. Yep. Um, I wanted to chip in about the charts this week. Yes. Oh, so have you guys ever heard stay by Lisa? Loeb? <laughs> <laughs> really good. But, this is this has to be like the pinnacle of like incredible ballads on the modern rock chart because okay. not only is stay on here I'll stand by you by the pretenders is on the charts which is an incredible song I don't think I know that song As, Oh really Okay I'll stand by you by the pretenders and fade into you by ba- yeah. Mazzy Star I did see fade into you at number 15 that's a- overrated that, those oh jesus christ <laughs> those three songs are perfect do you remember when like uh flicker stick or something uh covered f- uh fade into you on uh bands on the run holy cow what a deep <laughs> cut i really appreciate that i do not i don't remember i don't them. remember which of the bands it was that covered it but i definitely remember <laughs> one of them covered uh that mazzy star mazzy 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 yeah i think i only remember flicker stick from bands on the road same, but, same. Uh, yeah it was yeah great great call i remember that uh probably less than 10 years ago dumb dumb girls had a single that was it was Fade Into You, and no one seemed to notice but me. Oh, like not a cover of it, but like a direct rip no, off of it? No, it? it was exactly Fade Into You. Mm. Like they somehow got the original um, files of the uh, <laughs> yeah. tapes of the song. And what do you yeah. mean exactly? They got like- the masters, <laughs> and then they burned down the warehouse where the masters were kept. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, Vaseline, still, while uh, Basket Case is on top of the modern rock chart, Vaseline gets replaced by the other STP single, Inst- Interstate Love Song. Yeah, see, I mean, that's the one for me where it's just, I, I mean, you know, not being like intensely into that album, uh, Interstate Love Song was great. And that was like a, a real modern rock hit. Mm-hmm. I can remember hearing that on the radio, remember being excited by it. Those chords, the chord changes, the progression were just really, um, really nice. Those brothers in Stone Temple Pilots really know their stuff. Great rhythm section, right? Great rhythm section. The bassist in that band who writes the songs with Scott Wayland, that's how they start. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, is really incredible. Interstate Love Song is a little bit, it's got a little bit of a pickup truck vibe for me <laughs> that yep. um, keeps it from being 
as close to my heart as other STP singles are. Mm-hmm. You spent too much time in Chicago. I guess so. Mm. That's, Come back to Michigan. It's possible. Yeah. That song is really for flyover country. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, so, it's curious because those both seem like modern rock classics. Both of those songs, Vaseline and Interstate Love Song, both peaked at number two on the modern rock chart. Uh, guess where Big Bang Baby peaked on the modern rock chart? Eight. Also, two? also number two. Stone Temple hey, Pilots have quite a few right. number twos. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about Art School Girlfriend. <laughs> uh, I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men is at the top of the pop chart. Cool. Yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. A lot of great singles from that album. Yeah. Yeah. That album kind of slaps. Yeah. I need to listen to that. I loved it when I was a kid. I need to, I should revisit that album. Well, I think we can move on into ratings. Yeah. What do you all give Basket Case? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, so I think it's a pretty good song. Um, as far as you know how it compares to the other singles on Dookie, it's it's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not the best, not the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give it, man, let's say three, three out of five. Noodles Wasserman. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> uh, all right, <laughs> I'll give in to that. Um, I'm going to give it four out of five noodles Wasserman. I think that this is a really solid dependable song. And in fact, I, I almost wonder if I should give it four and a half, but I think because of the lyrics falling just a little short, I'm going to give it four out of five noodles Wasserman. I'm going to give it 3.5, uh, Paco Bell's cannons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. I always think that somebody's saying Taco Bell's cannon. Do you, do you get that too? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, um, hey folks it's al i'm just cutting in for a second to tell you that starting this week thoughts on pod is part of a music media family and that family is led by uh, the zine off shelf And uh, it also means that we have a sibling podcast. That's the best song ever podcast, which comes out every Friday. It's done by our buddies, Brian and Luke LeBen. And this is basically a way for us to be, um, you know, a little bit more part of a community. And uh, we're hoping that it will make it easier for us to share our podcast. And also, uh, we're really proud to be sharing space and and hopefully directing some listeners and some readers over their way as well. So uh, check out offshelf.net to find out all about that. And uh, you can also sign up for the monthly zine from Offshelf, which is all about music and gaming and books and comics. So again, we're uh, super stoked about this, very flattered, and uh, check all that stuff out. All right, back to the regularly scheduled 
program? Uh, well, you can email us about upcoming songs at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. Email us a question and we'll discuss it at our earliest convenience. Or send us comments, memories, corrections, and complaints. If you send us comments as a voice memo, we'd love to include them at the end of the show. You can also listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. Next week, um, hang on, having some technical difficulties. Gotta talk to our sound guy. Kenneth, what's that noise? (laughs) It's sort of a high-pitched sound. (laughs) Do you need me to adjust the EQ? To to eliminate that high-pitched sound? (laughs) Hang on, Kenneth. Uh, Let me open up the settings in GarageBand. Uh Uh-huh. Click on the plugins (laughs) button. Graphic EQ. Okay. What's next? 3,500 hertz? Uh, I don't want to lose any of the nuance in the voices. 3,200 hertz? <laughs> What's the frequency, <laughs> Kenneth? What are you By the band. <laughs> By the band. R.E.M. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Don't give a f- if it's good enough for you.